the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives, sponsored by RC Auto, me and myrc.com. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another version of Rescuers on FaithTalk1360.com. And my guest for this program is a gentleman by the name of Tack Coluccio. I'm always afraid of mispronouncing your name. You did perfect. I'm so proud <laughs> I, of you. I just think if I say it fast enough, it sounds good, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> TAC Coluccio. And I don't know what TAC stands for. Is that abbreviated for something? It's actually my initials. So Thomas oh. Alec Coluccio. So technically we're saying our last name, my last name twice. But, <laughs> but, uh, but we don't talk about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're from a true Greek family, right? Yeah, it's no, no. Italian. Okay, yeah. make it Italian. I, I knew that. So um, you are CEO and founder of a of a uh, nonprofit mm-hmm. called Dinosaur Heart, and I want to start off. I always like uh, starting off the program with our audience having a time to get to know the background of those that I'm interviewing. So, tell me a little bit about yourself. How long you've been in Phoenix? How did you get to this point in your life? And and what is that nonprofit all about? Ultimately, yeah. So so a few years ago, um, I uh, I was an atheist and. Um, I started a documentary about a little boy named Treffin who was born with a congenital heart. You hear defect. the vibration of the studio right now? <laughs> <laughs> we are in we are in Salem Broadcasting. We so. are in Salem. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I started this documentary, and um, and the documentary was just a it was a really crazy story of this little boy who was born with a very serious um, heart defect. And so um, I kind of just through the documentary, um, I realized how much peace that God had brought to this family during these really horrible times, and and I became a believer, um, kind of through nice. this documentary. Um, and so uh, from there, you know, we we released the documentary um, in 2018, and um, and it went all around the nation, and we won several awards for it. And now it's available on PureFlix and on not just Parable. some awards. You just won a national award, right? We won a few national awards. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, God's been very good to us. All right, and it's a it's a full length. No, so Dinosaur Hearts is a is a short documentary, okay. and All it right. starts with my testimony, about a five minute testimony, then it goes into the documentary. It's about thirty minutes long altogether. So why the name? So Dinosaur Heart, um, it's it's uh, it's it's kind of a, a, a fun name. So Treffin, <laughs> um, when he was in the hospital, his name is Treffin Rexius, right? And so. Um, I see this coming. Yeah, and so on the on the door of the hospital room, they always put the first initial last name. Rex. And so the nurses, he he was known in the in the PICU as um, as T Rex. And so wow. Um, so that that's that's where it came. But then obviously the the film is about his heart. And yeah. so 
you know, we often had said um, in filming that Treffen not only has a very large heart physically, just because if you know the facts of, of the medical condition, he just had a very large heart, but then also he just has a very large heart emotionally, and he's just a very loving and um, thoughtful kid. And so um, dinosaurs also have big hearts. So um, uh, my wife and I have a grand grandson. He'll, he'll be, he's coming up on, he's two and a half years now, approximately. And uh, he was born at uh, late on a Monday night. And thank goodness that their pediatrician, who had nothing to do with the delivery of their baby, just happened to be there at the same time, saw their name, saw the baby being born because he'd been watching over her through the, the nine months, and uh, felt uh, or heard a murmur. Mm. And murmurs nowadays are not really serious things. Yeah. So... But he said, his instinct said, let's do a little check on this little guy. He's just an hour old. Next thing they knew, they were helicoptering him from uh, 92nd Street and Scott and Pima in uh, 101 down to PCH. Yeah. And um, found out that he had a valve that wasn't operating correctly. And so... I'm amazed at what these people are able to do now. That's where I'm going with this. And um and now um Jackson is his name and he and he's a he's a great kid. He's he's full of life and full of vigor. But they actually went up inside and uh straightened out the artery where it's kind of crooked and crinked and went down into the valve and somehow pinched a little, whatever was keeping it from opening, a little flesh or tendon or something, and went from 30% to 80% yeah. of blood flow. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible what doctors can do. So this little guy had what kind of heart ailment? Yeah, so his his condition was called complete atrioventricular septal defect. And so it was very similar. Yeah. Um, so the problem was in his mitral valve where um, yeah. normally you have, you know, you have kind of four quadrants of the heart. Yes. Um, and then you have valves that are kind of separating, you know, different kinds of blood, oxygenated, unoxygenated. Yeah. And then, um, but in his heart, there was just a large hole in the middle of it. Ooh. And so they needed to um, put in, They the first they tried to do it um, just using his own flesh, just kind of sewing, sewing in. And then, you know, when that didn't work, they had to put a, a valve in, um, uh, a mechanical valve. So it's actually cool if you, yeah. if you listen to his heart, you can hear a <laughs> click. kind of a click. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, who knows what the technology is going to be like when these kids get to be teenagers or early adults, right? Oh, God only knows. Because I know in I know in uh, in Jack's uh, case, at some point in his life, he's going to have to have a new valve. Yeah, they did not replace it then, but he's going to have to have it someday. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> it'll be who knows what it'll look like and what it, the the procedure will be. But it's so great to have you on the show because you you represent a dynamic. Um, an important dynamic in the in the um, in the universe of Arizona right now, because your your heart is with foster children. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. How did how did that come about to you, and and exactly what is that you're doing? Yeah. So so Dinosaur Heart um, uh, eventually led to uh, a nonprofit that um, I founded called VA Films. Um, which you also are the vice president <laughs> on my board. I am. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> And so um, Fide Films was, was, was founded as a nonprofit 501c3 production company um, 
to uh, to create and distribute um, faith based documentaries to glorify God and to support struggling people. And so, um, you know, all of my films um, all have some kind of a really strong thing, you know, connection to me. And so, um, so uh, this new documentary that we're working on it's called Love Worthy. And it's about um, it's about uh, foster care and adoption. Um, and the reason that that came up is because I was actually adopted as a baby, um, not not through foster care, but um, but privately. And um, and when I was looking into new documentaries, I realized that I wanted to I wanted to do adoption because that was very near and dear to my heart. And so when I was looking in to the different types of adoption, I realized that um, there's three main types. You have private adoption, which is for infants, and then you have um, international adoption when you adopt kids from other countries, mm-hmm. and then you have foster care adoption, which is domestic. And what I found was that in private adoption with infants, there's a ton, a ton, a ton of parents who want to adopt infants, and there's a very small number of infants that need to be adopted. But when you look at foster care, it's actually the opposite. You have 125,000 kids in the United States, Art, that need to be adopted, wow. and nobody wants them. Oh, my gosh. And so when I was looking at the just, the, just kind of... Um, the the difference and where the need was, I realized it was really in foster care. And these are eighteen and younger. Eighteen and younger. Eighteen yeah. is when you get out of. Yeah. So of so church, the danger is that a whole another issue right there. Yeah. And so yeah. the danger is that these kids who um, the the their parents' rights had been severed or terminated in a court of law, um, and so now they're uh, the the term is um, a legal orphan, and mm-hmm. so. Um, the the danger is that if these legal orphans grow up in foster care, then turn eighteen in foster care, yeah. they'll age out of the system. Yes. Um, and and once kids age out of the system, the statistics become very 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 grim. Yeah. Um, you know, fifty percent will become instantly homeless. So, what's your involvement with foster care? So, I decided that I needed to get a better understanding of the system, mm-hmm. and um, and also when I when I realized how um, uh, just how bad it was i wanted to get involved and i wanted to get my feet you know my feet wet and so i went and got a job at a group home for kids in foster care oh, nice yeah you dove right in i dove right in <laughs> yeah right into the pool so um so um your passion of course is this issue yeah and um and helping um NICU kids, <laughs> but sure. but when they get into the foster program, it's a whole different ballgame. So along comes, uh, what, what was what happened? What was life like right before COVID, and what in what possibility could it be like right now? Yeah, so the coronavirus has really um, disrupted the foster care system. You know, um, the, the the foster care system has has always been kind of teetering on an edge. You know, you have. You know, right now you have 437,000 children in foster care in the United States. Um, and we have a, a huge lack of foster parents that are that are um, willing and able to take care of them. And so what happens is that kids will grow up um, in a group home like mine. Then um, they're not being raised by parents. They're being raised by staff on shift work, you know. Yeah. And um, and it's, there's a lot of rules and it's, you know, and, and some of them, if there's not a bed available in a, in a group home, then they'll actually go to a, you know, Canyon state, which is like a, a detention facility. Cause they're the only, only state agency that has a bed open. Is that the one on I-17? It's down there. And Pinnacle Peak or is there one in the South? No. So you're thinking of Adobe. That's oh, actually Adobe, a juvenile yeah. Yeah, facility. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so so the coronavirus, um, you know, the child welfare system, the way it works is there's over, you know, or almost three million calls to child abuse hotlines all over the country every year. Um, and so people will call into this hotline and they'll say, hey, I suspect that this child is being abused and neglected. You guys need to look into this. And so that call will be handed off to an investigator and that investigator will go and look into it. And if it's bad enough, then that investigator can remove those kids and place them into the foster care system. Um and so a majority of those 3 million calls are come from people who are mandated reporters, um, people who are legally required by law to, if they suspect abuse or neglect, then they Attorney are legally, they, they absolutely have to report it. And that's nationally. That's nationally. That's 3 million. Everywhere. So, mm-hmm. um, wow, that's a big number. Yeah. So the problem is that. So right you have now, the rise right now. You have the rise of domestic violence. You have the rise of addictions. Uh, it, it's all of those things are are getting bigger and higher risk every day. That has to affect that industry. Yeah, and, and I think the, the the problem is that number one, people are stuck in their homes, right? And so children who are being abused, they're not going to school. I mean, it's summer right now, anyway. But but they're not going to sports teams, so they're stuck in their homes with mm. their abusers, and then also they're not getting out to see mandated reporters. Yeah. And so mandated reporters are not making child abuse claims. Yeah. And so what we're going to find is that once things start opening back up, there's going to be a huge influx of child abuse cases. And we're going to need a lot of foster parents and a lot of people to help and to, to meet that need. So in the group homes, has COVID been a problem within those situations? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're pretty locked down. And so, um, you know, DCS, the Department of Child Safety, um, which, you know, we're obviously a private company in compliance with DCS guidelines. Um, they um, kids are locked down. So so my kids are um, are locked down 24 hours a day in the house and they wow. can't go anywhere. So you know? they're literally under quarantine. Yeah, they're under quarantine. And, and um, you know, we go for walks around the block or we're going in the backyard or whatever. But um, tensions are high you know, in group homes um, right now because kids are just locked down for 24 hours a day. Okay, what's the demographic basically on on the average of a parent or parents to foster? Yeah, I mean, foster parents are – Different, and their demographics are as are as wide as the children that are in foster yeah. care. They're all colors, all ages. You know, um, some. You know, I, I know I know several families at church who foster infants, and they have their own biological children as well. And then oh. I also know um, foster parents who are empty nesters, and they're older, and they want to take care of teens in foster care because <laughs> they just want to give back. And so, yeah. um, anybody can be a foster parent. Yeah. Um. And there's a qualification. You've got to go through a process, right? Yeah, there's mandatory training yeah. sessions, and you have yeah. to get licensed to make sure that your home is safe to take care of. Right. Yeah. So, again, COVID hasn't made that easier because it's showing up everywhere, right? And so these are people who maybe they couldn't have children on their own, uh, but they want a child. Um, they're... Young adults, older adults, average age adults. I can't imagine in the senior category you have much of that. So it's going to be more towards the 40, 50-year-old. I'm just trying to nail down an area of, of – Yeah, it's, it's – it's, it's all over the board. It's all over the board. Okay. I mean, I, I mean there's um, you know, some of the most famous foster parents. You know, There's a documentary that HBO did called Foster, and there's a, 
a single um, lady who's fostered like over like a thousand kids or something over a 40 or 50 year period. And she's in her seventies and, and continues to foster kids just as a single lady. And then, you know, some people in my documentary are, are in their late twenties, you know, Wow. um, and they're fostering kids. Yeah. So it's all over the board. Nice. Okay. We're going to get back to this conversation in just a moment after a word from our sponsor. One of my greatest joys in life has been obtaining a vehicle from RC Auto. I know, sounds funny, doesn't it? When I say a joy in reference to buying or leasing a vehicle. Instead of walking into the car dealership lot and facing a horde of vultures waiting for you, you're invited into a calm, friendly office where you will be asked things like, what have you been driving? What are you looking for? What is your budget? That's when the car buying or leasing experience changes into an easy educational experience. RC Auto is not a typical car or truck dealership, so they have the advantage of seeking different brands like Toyota, Lexus, Subaru, and more from a broad selection of sources that you never have to visit or arm wrestle a salesperson for. The joy is not being sold, but educated into the right decision for you. For your next vehicle, go to RC Auto where it's more than just an exchange of keys, it's a relationship. Make an appointment today at meandmyrc.com. So, um, kids in danger, probably more now than they were before COVID. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, sin has been in the world since, since the foundation of it. Practically, the fall. Right, since the fall. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so there's always been people who have, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Um, and so um, I don't, uh, you know, I would hope that that kids are not necessarily being abused more, although maybe there are because people yeah. are kind of going crazy. And there's a lot of things in the world to be uncertain about, and that yes. makes people go crazy. Um, I think I think more so the problem exists that kids are not seeing people who can report their abuse, mm. and kids are stuck in abusive situations. Yeah. Um, and so that's scary. It is scary. So, um, and identifying when that abuse is taking place is hard. You can't detect that. There's no way to find that out until a report is made. So out of the 3 million calls nationally, do you have any statistics on that for our state, for Arizona? Uh, I I don't have any specific numbers for our state. You know, um, I know, uh, in Arizona, we have um, about 13,500 kids in our foster care system okay. um, and a a dwindling number of beds yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, you know, every month that you can go on DCS website and you can download all the reports and everything that they put out every month. And you'll see that that there's more beds, right? Beds is in foster parents, yeah. you know, the amount of people that can that can take in foster kids. And the number of beds that are available for these kids, more of them close every month than are, are than are licensed every month. Wow! And so there's gonna be there's gonna be a critical time, you know. I don't I don't, I don't know when, um, but that it's there is so little beds that you know what are we gonna do with all these kids? Yeah. So so the the group homes are closing more than they're opening right now. Yeah, not necessarily group homes, but but foster homes, you know. Just foster homes in general. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So um, if someone's listening to this program 
which we have a vast audience, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, and they're saying, you know what, I, you, husband to wife or wife to husband or even a single, I, I've been wanting to parent. How do I do that? Yeah, um, I think, you know, I have a, a really um, wonderful partnership with Arizona Faith and Families, and, and Nikki Lehman is actually also on our board of directors. Oh, good. Um, and so uh, they run a, uh, a foster care licensing agency called Faith and Families. And so if you go to just faithandfamilies.com, um, you can learn all about what it takes to become a foster parent and, and uh, learn more about the need that exists in foster care. Um, and and give them a call, and, and they can they can kind of point you in the right direction. Are you familiar with a, a there's an there's a, a documentary that was done, I don't know, sometime within the last ten years. I can't remember exactly the date. It was called Stuck. Stuck. Do you remember? Did you recall that? Or there's a local man, businessman, that funded this whole project, mm. and it was a highly uh, high quality documentary and and his and his wife's story was that um they wanted to adopt outside the united states and i think it was i'm going to say haiti for instance and the expense and the corruption in that system was unbelievable so he decided to do a documentary addressing that issue and it traveled the country. It was it was uh, they were renting out theaters around the country, and and um, I don't know what what good it did, but it brought attention to that issue of going outside the United States for adoption. Yeah. Um, you don't get involved with that part of it, though, right? Yeah, I mean, my my focus is is Here. is more on domestic <laughs> yeah. foster care adoption, yeah. and you know, but again, I mean, there's millions of orphans worldwide, yeah. you know, and so I mean, we have a lot of people at church who have adopted kids from Haiti or adopted kids from China or India, and that's needed as well, you know. I mean, I think it's the body of Christ, and it's and it's our job to to take care of children who are in distress and. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that every single person is called to adopt or called to foster, you yeah. know, um, but everybody can do something and there's a lot of ways to get. So you've done more than one documentary, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, this will be, this will, yeah, this new one will be my second one. Were they all on the same subject matter? Well, they're kind of, they're so all. There's only one Tiffin in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> T-Rex. Well, I think, um, I, I. My burden is to is first to make documentaries about things that that speak to me personally, you know. Um, and so I was really heavily involved in the medical world, and I did photography for PCH, and and so that's kind of where that came about. And then obviously I became a believer through that documentary, so it was yeah. a huge thing for me. Um, and then this new one is about adoption, and, and I love adoption. You yeah. know, adoption is everything that I am. Not only was I adopted as a as a baby, but I was adopted by Jesus too. So absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's the best one of all. Best one ever. Yeah, all of us. Yeah. So, so um, in your in your priority list of, of filmmaking, um, you probably haven't. Have you achieved the great one? <laughs> the a, great one. Yeah, yeah. You must inside <laughs> of you. There must be something. Every time you do one, do you say, mm, "I want to do something a little higher, a little better." That's just the industry of filmmaking, right? Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, but yours is passion driven. Well, most of them are, but you, you're you're individually passion driven. 
Yeah, I don't. I, I think I just want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah, and 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 whatever story he needs me to tell, to bring about change or to bring about, um, to bring about support or help for hurting people. That's that's what I want to do. Yeah. Does mentorship come into the picture at all? Absolutely. Where, where does that enter? Well, you have a you have a lot of organizations where you can volunteer. You know, um, one is the CASA program, court, court appointed special advocate. And those are volunteers who um, their job is just to they get a client or a kid and they go to court and work with that kid to to just advocate for his best interests. So CASA is a, is a court appointed special advocate and they have a CASA program in every state. Um, and that's a wonderful way to get involved. Then you can just, you know, call um, you can call organizations like OCJ Kids in Arizona and OCJ Kids. Say that again. O- o- OCJ. OCJ. Yep. What does that stand for? Um Opportunity, justice, and care for kids. I okay. believe, okay. if I'm not mistaken. All right. And that's a, a really amazing Christian organization. And and uh, if you call OCJ Kids, and they can get you involved in in volunteer opportunities to work with kids in foster care. You know, they partner with a lot of group homes around mm-hmm. around the valley. Wow. So there's a lot of ways to get involved. So so mentorship isn't isn't fostering, but you're 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 bringing somebody alongside you in your life. And uh, and you're going to bring them into a, a an experience, regardless of what what they what what they belief is. It's going to be in a Christian home. You hope, sure, right? Yeah. So um, I'm really glad you could be on the show. Me too. I, I have a I have a question that I like asking all my guests before we leave the show, and that is that COVID is creating stories we're all going to have a personal storage when this story when this thing is over with what's what's tax story going to be I, I i want to do i want to have used my time to do everything i possibly could for the children who need support and love and so my story is just to be the hands and feet of jesus and whatever he needs me to do then I'm, i want to do that thank you tack for sa- uh, changing and saving lives rescuers Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Sponsored by RC Auto, where it's not just an exchange of keys, it's a relationship.